your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. The triangle set to the top of the pattern. Now Spielman in motion to the near side. Rolling right is McCaffrey. Throws it toward the end zone. Wide open is Noah. Makes a catch. And it is a touchdown. Nebraska. Now let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. And thank you. Welcome to our Wednesday edition of Sports Highly here on the Husker Sports Network. Bit of a dreary day outside today. We, we could use some moisture, though, so we, our farming friends never are going to turn down. Nice little rain coming through our area. So uh, we're glad you're with us here tonight. Caught up this hour, as we have for the past several Wednesdays, a chance to check in with University of Nebraska President Ted Carter. That's coming up here just in mere moments. And later on in the hour, Jeremiah Searles back with another edition of the Husker Huddle. He will talk with Jamarcus Heydrich, who was a... Uh, Terrific Husker player and has had a nice career up in the Canadian Football League, including a championship in the Canadian League uh, this past year. But we start with the University of Nebraska President Ted Carter. Great to have you with us again tonight, sir. And I got to start with the the jacket. What? That's a good looking jacket. What is there a story with that? Hi, Greg. Yes, Happy Top Gun Day. So on this day in 1986, <laughs> the movie Top Gun premiered. So in honor of that day, I'm wearing the jacket that I wore when I went through Top Gun in 1985. I wore this jacket for uh, my entire Navy career. It's got all the patches of uh, all the time in the Navy. I've got my Top Gun patch here, and I've got the F-14 fleet flying behind me. And remember, the most famous Top Gun quote, there's no points for second place. I think we should adopt that uh, here in the state of Nebraska. Oh, that's fantastic, and it still fits. That's the best part of that thing for you as well. Last week, you made a major announcement when you announced that the university was going to freeze tuition for the next two years. Can you recap for us that decision for you and how you arrived at that? Well, as we've been talking about to so many of your listeners and the the people of Nebraska and, and quite honestly, the people of our nation, uh, the University of Nebraska is making a, a, a pivot towards our refocus on what our mission is in higher education. And it's really all about our students. So, you know, we introduced the Nebraska Promise. Uh, We made a declarative statement that we're gonna be open in the fall and we're gonna do it safely to protect our students. Uh, And then finally last week, we announced that we were gonna freeze tuition uh, for two years, going to year uh, academics years 21 to 22 and 22 to 23. And we did that to give our students and our families some predictability and hope going into the future. Most people, President, would say in this day and age, instead of coming taking money back towards you, you would be maybe increasing tuition a little bit. But you've kind of gone with an out-of-the-box approach to this. How are you going to pay for this tuition freeze? Well, historically, that is what we've done. When we've come under a tough financial times, we've uh, raised tuition and put it on the backs of our students. Uh, we're taking a different approach now. It's really about accessibility, affordability, and welcoming our students back. Uh, so I'm looking to fill as many of the seats of our 51,000 and beyond. Uh, and yes, we're going through a lot of financial drills. Uh, we're going to be going through some changes uh, through our programs. Uh, that is definitely coming. We're going to be making some tough choices, but we're going to do this internally within our own campuses and at Central Administration in Varner Hall. Uh, we're not asking uh, you know, the state of Nebraska, we're not asking the legislature for more money to take care of these things that we're initiating. Uh, we're think, we think they're that important. 
The tuition freeze announcement kind of is, is the third of a couple of very big ones. You had the Nebraska Promise one that you rolled out, then your intent to have in-person learning going on in the fall. What's the overreaching goal here uh, for these decisions that you've been having here the last month? Well, nationally, uh, everybody's talking about, uh, you know, online classes. Again, you, you heard the uh, California school system talk about going online. That's the largest post-secondary school system in the country, almost 500,000 students. Uh, Harvard Business School just announced this afternoon they're going back online. Uh, 75% of our students have told us they don't want to be educated online going into the future. Now, we're not making that decision just because they've told us that. We have to make sure that we can do this with data, science, uh, and a very calculated approach going forward. So so that's what we're doing. Um, and higher education is experiential. You can't get the same education in just an online or remote program that you can by being on campus. So we understand that. We think it's really important that we get it right and that we provide our uh, education uh, on campus. And that's where we're going this fall. What reaction have you gotten from these, these major announcements here the last three, four weeks? Well, in the last three and a half weeks, we've seen our admissions uh, applications go up 11%. Uh, that's more than 2% than where we were at this exact same time last year in the number of applications that we have going into the fall session. So we've not only closed the gap, where most colleges are worried about a 15% reduction in enrollment, we've now exceeded that. Now, of course, we've got to follow on here. I would say to every listener, every sports fan, every Nebraskan, this is that moment to talk to your friends, uh, your friends' families about this is the time to come to University of Nebraska. Uh, if they have an application in and they've been accepted, this is not the time to think about maybe not coming. This is the time to think about coming because we're going to make it affordable. We're going to take care of them. We're going to take care of their mental health, their physical health. And when they graduate, we're going to have a job waiting for them. We will find a way to get them into the workforce. Wow, those are some really impressive numbers. Again, visiting with President Carter here on Sports Nightly on the Husker Sports Network this past weekend were commencement addresses at your various campuses around the state. How did you feel like those those commencement ceremonies went? And then, then reflect back on what was a pretty crazy final month and a half of this semester for your faculty, for your, your, your administration, and your students. Well, first of all, I'm just very proud of our faculty who st stepped up during this. It was a very tough time. They they made the change from uh, in-classroom teaching to uh, remote education, synchronous. Uh, and then I'm really proud about our students. I mean, this was not the, uh, the final semester that they expected, but they showed a tremendous amount of resiliency, and we celebrated them. We celebrated them the best way that we could remotely. Uh, I thought the ceremonies that were run uh, last week were terrific. And of course, we're going to offer uh, in-person celebrations for those members of the class of 2020 uh, across every one of our campuses at the appropriate time. Well, very good. Uh, you have recently released a 19-page checklist that was helped develop by UNMC that can serve as a playbook, or a sports analogy there, uh, for reopening American higher education. How's that going? Uh, tool been guiding you as you get ready to safely reopen the campuses here for the fall? Well, we've been working on this for a long time. Uh, I think we're on iteration uh, uh, 37 or something like that. We've shared it with every campus uh, chancellor and leader. 
Uh, we've also shared it with the leadership of K-12 community college or state college system. Uh, we think everybody can benefit by looking at this uh, set of things to do to safely open everything from how you manage air quality, spacing, personal protection equipment, the engineering that has to go into buildings, uh, you know, all of the things that we have learned and the things that we're going to have to be able to do safely for us to operate on campus. And interestingly, um, schools from the Big Ten, as well as some of our Ivy League partners, and they, they don't even want to be mentioned, they have called us and asked for this. So between UNMC, our, our Global Center for Health Security, uh, this is a remarkable tool to help us uh, do this very safely, smartly, and with science. Well, and as you mentioned, it's not going unnoticed. You were on Fox Business Network the other day talking about some of these initiatives that you have launched over the last month or so. Tremendous publicity for the state of Nebraska and for the system here in Nebraska as well. It's got to make you feel pretty proud to be a part of all this right now. Absolutely. And uh, although I only had so many minutes to be able to tell them about the great things happening in Nebraska, uh, the, I think one of the most important things is just you know, the attitude of Nebraskans, the uh, the willingness to want to solve a problem uh, and get on with it. I mean, we know we're not going to have a vaccine uh, for COVID-19 by the fall, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to figure out how to get on with our lives, how to do the things that are most important to us. We've been doing a lot of that already in higher education, as well as, you know, preschool, kindergarten, elementary school, high school, all of these things have to happen. And of course, I think sports are an important part of that. It speaks to the American spirit. It speaks to our sense of competition. And even the setting that I'm showing right now, it speaks to this idea of no points for second place. Very good. President, as always, we certainly appreciate the time. Love the jacket. I'm going to need to see that in person at some point in time. Have yourself a great rest of the week. All right. Thanks, Greg. Jeremiah Searles here. This week on Husker Huddle, we get a chance to catch up with a good friend of mine, Jamarcus Yoshi Hardrick. Yoshi, how are you, my friend? Well, great, man. How about you? So great to uh, talk to you, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been too long since we've got caught up, man. And then uh, what we're trying to do here is we want to get caught back up with some of the Husker guys in this time of quarantine, this time of everyone sitting at home, kind of figuring out what they're doing. So tell us, what has the last few few weeks been with you? I know you're going into your ninth season now uh, as a professional football player. You re-signed with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, which, again, couldn't be more excited for you about. But give us an update, man. What have you been up to? Um, basically, with all the changes going on, um, my kids out of school, uh, not no no certainty on the season right now. Basically trying to stay in shape, stay ready for the call. Um, try to be the best parent me and my wife can be right now. Make sure the kids are up to date on their schoolwork. Try to stay in shape and um, basically just waiting on the call whenever they say we're good to go to Canada. And um, basically that's the plan right now, just taking care of the family and staying ready for football. So Yoshi, you've been in Canada now for six years, seven years, right? Going on my seventh year here. Going on year. Walk us through what that's been like. What has the the journey of from the beginning of when you went from the NFL to Canada and now from Canada going into, I mean, you got your own leap named after you now. You got the Hardrick leap in the stadium now. I mean, walk us a little bit through what that's been like for you. Man, the journey has been great. From going to the from going to the NFL in 2012, I was on the practice squad with the Saints 2012. Uh, 2013, I ended up playing arena football, and I finally ended up in Canadian football in 2014 with the BC Lions. And I went through a lot of coaching changes in my first first couple of years, and I finally got with Winnipeg in 2016. 
and it was the best thing that happened to me. It was the first time I was ever with a team in Canada from camp, and it gave a, it gave the team a chance to see what I can bring. And, man, it's just been a blessing, man. It's been a grind, uh, different game, but it's still football, uh, extra person on the field. The O&D line is the yard away from each other. Uh, but Canadian football, man, I compare it to the Midwest, man. Just a lot of honest, hard-working people, and it fits me well. And, man, I'm, I'm excited to grow and learn more about the Canadian football game. I know I'm on the last leg of my career. I'm looking forward to coaching after this. But, uh, man, it's been great, man. It's been a long journey, and I'm enjoying it. I'm finally starting to reap the rewards of grinding. Um, I won me a great cup last year. I all started two years ago. Man, I wouldn't be in the spot without you, Jeremiah. So uh, I shouldn't even take the credit for this. So many people have helped me to be in this position, and you were right there in front of me, and me saying that to you, too, man. There's no way I'd be here without you, and I just really want to thank you. Oh man, I appreciate that. You're, I still tell people to this day, you're one of my, you're one of my favorite teammates of all time, man. You just, you like to grind, you like to work, and you, you just were this sponge of knowledge when you got here, um, in 2010. 2010 is when you got here, correct? Yeah, I mean, my favorite story is you showed up and we had our first conditioning session there, that GPP session, and and you just you just grinded through it, and that was the moment that I was like, man, this guy this guy gets it, this guy understands, and I was only a redshirt freshman at that point, and so we I remember working together and um, being able to see you, the career that you've had, the family man that you've turned into, Yoshi. I'm telling you, it's been one of my favorite stories to follow. Um, tell me a little bit about. I know your mom; she's back down in Mississippi now. Um, and you and your mom were really, really close. Um, I remember she came up and visited. She called me Sniles, I believe, was where my nickname Sniles came from. And uh, how's your mom doing through all this? She been able to make it up to some games? Uh, anything up in Canada? Uh, she she hasn't made it to Canada. She comes to Nebraska twice a year. She comes when I get back in December and right before I go back in May. Uh, she just got a passport, I want to say two years ago. She had a couple health things going on, and she finally able to come up. Good. She's excited to come up this year. Things have been great, man. My mom, she always still brings you up, man. I never forget going to Red Lobster with yep. you in the old line. And my mom still brings it up. I was just home three weeks ago, man. She was talking about all the great times in Nebraska. All just the love and heart, uh, hard working and people here. And she just felt the love and welcome that I felt on my visit that made this place home for me. That's why I still live in Nebraska now. Have so much support. Have so many guys like you. Man, it's just just lovely to be a Cornhusker, man. Yeah, man. It, there's really no place like it. It's the reason my family now places roots here. A lot of guys place roots back here. Um, I heard you mention you were talking about thinking about going into coaching. Um, that's the first time I'm hearing something about this. Kind of explain, maybe elaborate a little bit on the coaching lifestyle that you've got to. I mean, you've got to see college coaching, NFL coaching, Canada coaching. Like, where do you see yourself fitting in? Where do you want to coach? Kind of, what's your process for that post career um, after the uh, CFL? Post-career, I, I really wanted to be a smooth transaction. Um, I don't mind where I coach. I really just want to coach. I don't want to be done with football. I really I really want to save someone like somebody saved me. I really want to share hmm. any knowledge that I have. And, um, man, I would love to jump right into the CFL. We have guys who are retired and they've been a, a assistant coaches uh, the following year in the CFL. Or I'd love to come down and be a GA or start at a small school, or even if I have to go to JUCO, man. It doesn't matter. I, I just want to start. It's not where you start. It's how you finish. And man, I've been grinding my whole life, so I don't mind grinding. I just really want to get in there and help some kids, help some some young men, man, and do what somebody did for me. And man, they can change a generation, man. That's awesome. Yeah, that's big time. I mean, Yoshi, 
I don't know if a lot of people know your story from coming from JUCO to here being a starter and moving forward, but maybe, I mean, you talked about saving kids. Talk about a little bit what football did for you growing up and what it meant for you as far as becoming a man, becoming a husband, becoming a father. I mean, football has given me so much, and I know it's given you so much, but your story is unique in the journey that you took. So what has football done for you that you want to give back to kids in such a way? Man, football has done so much for me. Most of all, it's made me go from a boy to a young man and from a young man to an older man. But the thing, man, oh, man, saved my life. Just, just I didn't have an opportunity to, to learn a lot growing up. My family, I was the first one to graduate college. I'm from a town of 300 people. Football was really our only way out. And I just... Man, it just it almost brings tears to my eyes, man. Football, it showed me how to work hard. It showed me how to trust people. It's just, football was the first time I heard a man tell me he loved me. I, I didn't have a father in my life. Coach Bro, my junior college coach, and my high school coach. Those guys were so invested in me, and I want to pay them back. Because at the time, I didn't even know they was invested in me. I was so hurt from not having a father. I was so hurt from not having the things I saw on TV. And I brought that out on the football field. The next thing I know, I was climbing up the ladder to be a major college football player. But then it showed me how to work. It showed me anything you want in life, you got to work for. It doesn't matter about being entitled to something. The biggest thing, when I came into the draft, I was a little entitled. I thought I was this big tackle. And I met Jeremiah Sherrill, the guy who probably was a two or, three, two or three star, didn't care nothing about what he saw in there. He just came in and worked. And just meeting people like you, Rex, the boat leaning, the walk-on program in the Glasgow, how hard those guys work, how much pride they put in. So they just show me how to care for things, show me how to work for things, show me how to take care of my family, show me to put my priorities in the right place. Man, it just gave me something to look forward to waking up to every day, and it also showed me that there's a lot more great things out there in the world, and football just opened the door for me for that. Absolutely. That's thank you for sharing that. That's so cool. Yoshi, as we're wrapping up here, we gotta take a peek and we gotta talk about the twenty twenty Nebraska football program. Where do you see this program, year three of Scott Frost moving forward? I think the O line's gonna be a lot better next year. I know that's what you watch, I know that's what I watch. But as you look at this program, where do you see this program going in twenty twenty? Well, we have nowhere to go but up. And I saying that in a bad way and I, I support the Russia, I support Scott Frost and now I'm excited for the O line. I've been reading articles and seeing things that we're bringing all five back. Agent Martinez going into his third year. Man, I just see us growing up. I don't want to. I don't want to put too uh, too high of an arrow on us, but uh, we have nowhere to go but up. And I'm going to support the guys. And we're going to be in a bowl game this year. I will say that we're going to be in a bowl game this year. And I'm looking for the Hogs to lead us to where we need to be this year. I love that answer. All right, Yoshi, last question. I need your best memory of being at Nebraska, either a game or an off-the-field moment, but this is something that I still reflect on, and I have a hard time pinning one down, so sorry if I'm putting you on the spot, but a, a moment that you just remember and you will always remember for the rest of your life that was kind of that aha moment that while you were here at the University of Nebraska that made it mean so much to you. Uh, probably just my first tunnel walk. Uh, coming from a town of 300 people, man, my first tunnel walk, the first actual game of the year, not on my visit. When I came out the tunnel walk, just that red carpet of people out, all giving us waves. And when that gate finally opened, man, and 
I, that's a memory I'll never forget, man. I never, I will never forget when that gate opened. I saw all those people here to cheer for us. I saw the Chili's waiting, and I saw us. And Bo said, "Are you guys ready?" We started jumping out, and man, as I can vividly see it now, man. The, my first ever tunnel walk, man. Coming down, shaking the guy's hand. The gate will open up, and us as brothers and our coaches we started jumping and we went. And that's that's I never forget that moment. There, there's still nothing like it. I mean, we did uh, we did the greatest games on uh, Husker uh, Sports Nightly here last Friday, and we did the Miami game. And I just started listening to the like prep music before the tunnel walk and got the goosebumps and the, like the shakes almost because there really is nothing like it. Yoshi, I thank you so much for joining us. I thank you for joining us on Husker Huddle here to get caught back up with you. We will definitely be looking for you this year in the Blue Bombers uniform for that Hardrick leap as you jump in and everyone follows you because your energy is contagious, your love for football is contagious, and we just thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you guys for having me, man. I'm going to stay keeping up with you, man. I love you, man, and look forward to seeing you soon. It's time for Famous Day's Faceoff. Famous Dave's, America's favorite barbecue, offers award-winning, mouth-watering, house-smoked barbecue for pickup, curbside, or delivery. Order three ways, online at FamousDave's.com, through the Famous Dave's app, or call your nearest location in Lincoln, Omaha, or Bellevue. Famous Dave's, locally and veteran-owned. Let's go. Mano a mano. You, me, right here, right now. Now, here are your hosts, Josh Hilkeman and Brett Whitty. All right, guys, I was talking to Brett before we went on here. I, I'm feeling like it's about time we go deep into one of these games, go, you know, six or seven. We haven't gone seven since week two, and this is week eight. We haven't gone six since week three. So it's been either four or five-point games. We, we need one to go, go the distance here. Okay. Are you we'll feeling up to it? <laughs> <laughs> I know you, you don't have much control over this, so. That was, that was the least confident, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's jump in with our first question here. This one, I hope you guys will get all three answers to. Name the three Major League Baseball teams that Darren Erstad played for in his career. Ben. Greg. Ooh, Ben Bite Nose. Houston Astros. How about the Houston Astros? That's one. I'll play it. Okay. The Anaheim Angels. Are the Angels up there? Yeah, we're counting all the different forms of the Angels as yeah, you've the correct been, you've answer. Got the city. And the White Sox. Chicago White Sox. Is that it to complete the category? There is. Yeah, he actually played for three different manifestations of the Angels. The California Angels, his first year, and then they were the Anaheim <laughs> Angels, and then the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, and he may have even that been there for the, the best one. Los Angeles fantastic. Angels, but there you go, Ben. Imagine trying to explain that to people. Yeah, like, no. How many times those players probably messed the time, up? It still doesn't, yeah. yeah. That's why you just say the Angels. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right, all right, moving on to question number two, Ben, with the lead. What are the six seasons that Nebraska football was a sole champion of their division, not shared? Greg. All right, Greg. Greg got it. 2011. Do we have 2011? Two thousand nine. About two thousand nine. 
Boom, alright. Then player pass. You have uh, five to get. I'll play. Alright. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Again, hesitant. I like it. 2010. Show me 2010. Ah, oh, no, they were okay. shared that, that year, but not, not alone. <sighs> okay, how about... How about 2005? Is 2005 on the board? Oh. No, it is not. That's two strikes. <laughs> this is a lot harder than I thought. <laughs> uh, 2013. Do we have 2013? Oh. No, we do oh, not. And it goes to Greg. All right, Greg, you better make a safe, safe pick here. I'm gonna Five. go year. I'm gonna go year one of the Big 12 Conference, 1996. Show me 1996 for the steal. There it is. Boom. I feel dumb. <laughs> that was the first one, actually. You know, it's funny. I I put this one up there, and I put it at number two just because I wanted to make sure we got it got it in. But it is a little bit more difficult one. Uh, 99? Yeah, 99 was one. That's the last year they won a conference championship, and they also won their division that year, obviously. They won it 97, and then 2006 and 2012 were the other ones. They shared titles. Oh, 2012. I was a year off. Yeah, they shared titles in 2000, 2001, 2008. And 2010. Shoot! Woo! Yeah, that was a. We'll we'll nice. get better. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're All off right. to a good start. One one. Yeah, they, we're we're on our way to seven. That's what we're looking for tonight. Question number three, sticking with football here. What four teams has Prince Amukamara played for in his career? Greg. Oh, oh. getting in there. Woo! Including like the it. including the team he signed with this off season. The New York Football Giants. How about the New York Football Giants? Okay. Pass or play? I'm going to play. Okay. Ben's been having all the fun. All right. True. You just had fun. What are you talking about? <laughs> Let's go with the, uh, the Raiders. How about the Raiders? The Las Vegas Raiders. Duh, Bears. Bears. How about that? Yes. How many do I have left? You have just one left. You've said the Giants, the Raiders, and the Bears. This is a kind of forgotten one in there. Yeah, it's a Florida team. I'm going to go the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is it the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I think there's only three Florida teams, so you should <laughs> think, be able to get it. I think you're okay. <laughs> if that logic if that's right, is If that's yes. right. If that's right. Are you going to start to right. second-guess yourself? Let's go the Jacksonville Jaguars. How about the Jaguars? Yes. That is correct. Good work. Yeah, Amukamara signing that contract. That was his second team. Yes, it was. And it was only for one year, and that's why it's kind of forgotten. I, yeah. yeah, you obviously remember yeah, the Giants because that's who drafted him. He played with them for several years, and then mm-hmm. the Bears he was with for a while too. But. That's a 11th, 10th year of a career, 11th year of the career now. That's incredible. Yeah, he's been a good player. Yeah. All right, with that, Greg takes the lead 2-1. to one. Question number four, name the five teams in a Power 5 college football conference that don't have an S at the end of their team nickname. <laughs> I don't think that counted as buzzing in. <laughs> yeah. So they're in a conference, Ben, I'll just say. Okay, Ben. 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 I don't know if they're – I'll say Notre Dame. I don't know that they, they count. Do we have Notre Dame on the board? 
No, they are not in a conference, Power 5 college football conference. Cool. Would have been a good one, though. There yeah. are five of them, huh? There are five. There are five, yes. That are in a Power 5 college football conference. This is embarrassing. <laughs> I know. I know one. No, uh, Georgia Tech is. Do we have? Well, I guess Greg, are you buzzing in here? Well, no, you, no, you have to go back. And it alternates at this point. So yeah, no. okay. Is, right. is Georgia, Georgia Tech? Tech. No. Technically, Grand one of their nick, one of their nicknames would George, be but the Yellow Jackets. They're the Yellow Jackets, technically. Uh, so Stanford. Okay. All right. How about Stanford? All right, Ben. You there have to go. play at this point. So okay. <laughs> um. You're in. You got this. <sighs> Power five. You should you should be able to get a couple of these at least. Yeah. The the problem is, <laughs> I, all the ones that come to mind are not Power five schools. Right. Yes. Um, there is nothing like Navy. Yeah. yeah. Tulsa. Mm -hmm. Tulsa. North Texas. Harvard. Notre Dame was a, that was a good one. Alabama. How about Alabama? We Alabama. We do. The Crimson Tide. Good job, Ben. Proud of you. There's three, three left. Um, man, this is really hard. This is uh, difficult. I want to start giving hints, but that's not a good idea. Yeah, no. I got you in trouble before. <laughs> well, one one time I just gave it away completely. <laughs> you just gave. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the answer um, is. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. This is requiring a little thought here. No, you're fine. You're good. You're okay. Um, the NC State Wolfpack. Show me the Wolfpack. Good work. Boom. I, I'm liking this. Here's here's the thing: is that at this point, you're probably if you're gonna make a guess, you're you're gonna get it right. So yeah, I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. it's 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 you're, not a guess. It's either it has an S or it doesn't. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just if it comes to mind or not. So I have two left, right? Correct. Yes, you do. Okay. Um, no strikes, right? Correct. Yeah, no strikes. Well, yeah, haven't. I mean, <laughs> again, let's see. Um, well, I guess Notre Dame technically would have been a strike. Yeah, but that was before we got the category. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the Syracuse Orangemen. Ooh, the Syracuse Orange. Yeah. Syracuse. One left. One left. Can you think of it? I, don't, I, don't, I barely came up with Syracuse. Uh, well. <laughs> No, no hints here. Yeah, no hints, but <laughs> I, I, um, I'm confident that you can get this if you just think. I'm wondering enough. if Greg has it right, just on yeah. the tip of his tongue. He probably does. Greg has it. Oh man, I can. Hear I mean, him just, just lurking. At some point, we'll have to start putting a shot clock on this, Ben. I'm sorry. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is just really hard to just come up with them. No, um, I know. I, you've done very well to get four of these. That's impressive. Yeah, I, this is a tough one, honestly. I don't think I would have gotten four in the amount of time that you had, so bravo, but. Okay, you can buzz me for one here in a second if you All right, want. We'll, just, we'll start, if, just, just sound the buzzer when I'm out of time. All right, we'll give you a 10-second count for your first strike here. Here we go. He's thinking hard. I am. All right, here's your first strike. This has to be so hard, honestly. It, it is. Man. I, I'm I, just, I, th I think I know. Well, I think I know geography-wise where it is. Okay. I will say just to fill a little bit of time here. I 
this was a question that we had on last week, but it was like the sixth question, so we didn't get to it last week. It was ways down the list, though. Is the, was there a reason? Was the, I mean, did somebody change their nickname? No. <laughs> there was no, there was literally no reason. I just happened to see somebody tweet this out at some point. I was like, oh, that'd be this, a good trivia. This is a hard one. This is yeah. crap. All right, I'm gonna give you another 10 seconds here yeah. for strike no, two. Just, I don't know that I, I'm gonna get it. Um, just keep thinking. Don't give up, man. <laughs> Greg's got it. And oh, Greg's got face. it. Greg's got it. All right, here's strike two. Oh, he's whistling. Give you a little bit more to think before we give you that third strike. <laughs> if you come up with this, this will be clutch. I think I even know what conference. Do you? Just give it to him. I, I'm not going to get it. All right. We'll give you that, that third strike. All right, Greg, over to you for the steal. The Big Ten's Fighting Illini. Is it the Show me the Fighting Illini oh. for the steal. It is. Boom. I wasn't even close. I was thinking ACC. Yeah. I should have passed yeah. that. There's no way he would have got four. Probably not. You're right. Yeah. Those are tough. Yeah. That that was a really tough category. I was forced to play it, though. <laughs> you I were. Was forced you to were. Play it. You were. All right, Greg, you have gone from down one nothing to up 3-1 to one here as we head to question number five. And our fifth question is, who are the top four Major League Baseball career hit leaders? Ben. All right, Ben, you're in first. Pete Rose. How about Pete Rose? Yes, he is at the top with 4,256 all-time I'm going to play it. All right, go for it. Betting on Ichiro yourself. Ichiro Suzuki. Is Ichiro up there? No, he would be if he if you counted his Came over hits in Japan, but unfortunately, he's not up there. Cal Ripken. How about Cal Ripken Jr.? Whoops, no, that was, I'm sorry, that was incorrect. Oh. I don't know why. <laughs> that is a fake out. False alarm on those. <laughs> that is a user error right there. Two strikes. Oh, boy. Just blown two of them. Wade Boggs? Is it Wade Boggs? Nope. Three strikes. Greg, you need to get one of the three remaining players to pull was away with the win. Was that three strikes or two for him? That was three. I, three. Was it three? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> with, with an errant. Yeah, uh, with an errant yes. ding, ding, ding. But okay. No, that uh, that's what threw me off. Uh, is this yeah. for the win of the game? This is for the yeah. win of the everything. Whole the whole yeah. game. Mm. Can I tell you who I'm down to? I'm down to two guys. I mean, I'm not going to give you a hint, but you no, can, no, no. You can talk it out. Sure. Tony Gwynn comes to mind. Um, okay. And Joe DiMaggio comes to mind. All right. Two guys. So I'm going to go Tony Gwynn. Is Tony Gwynn one of the top four MLB career hit leaders? No. Ooh, ben I stays alive. Yes. All right. Here are the uh, other three. And you guys are going to really kick yourself because of some SNBL ties here. Ty Cobb, Ty Cobb is number two. I almost picked Ty Cobb first, too. 4,189. <laughs> 4, besides Pete Rose, he's the only guy above 4,000 hits in his career. So I'm really sad that you guys did not pick the Minnesota Mammoth as one of your guesses. Yeah. But <laughs> Hank Aaron is the other. He had a super long career. He's obviously more known for his power, but he 
uh, picked up 3,771 hits in his career. And the fourth one was a little bit of a surprise to me. Stan Musial is number oh, four. Wow. Another yeah. SNBL. Wow. Exactly. The other tie Alum. on the uh, Cthulhu is 3,630. So, Man, I thought for sure Ichiro would be on there, but I guess I didn't yeah, I mean, factor he didn't, in his uh, Japanese, Japanese career. Right. Tony Gwynn won all those batting titles. He did. Yeah. He just didn't have They've quite got, as long a career as some of these other guys did. That's the main thing is these all these guys played over 20 seasons in, in the majors. So Tony Gwynn comes in at at number twenty one. You got a Cal, Cal Ripken at sixteen, and then Achiro's at twenty four with three. Where was Boggs? Uh, let me see. I think he got over three thousand hits. I thought he was a three thousander. Yeah. Wow. He's down the list of ways. All right, Ben, you stay alive. Ben survives. I survive. Survive in advance. Right. Question number six. Mm. First time since week three, we get to question number six. Ooh, let's do it. Number six here, and name the five NBA franchises with the most titles in league history. Greg. Ben. All right, Greg and Greg. The Boston Celtics. Do we have the Celtics? (laughs) Pass or play? I'm going to play. Okay. All right. Four to get. Three strikes. The Lakers. Show me the Lakers. (laughs) All right, you've got the top two. The Chicago Bulls. Do we have the Bulls? There you have it. All right. Two left. Now it gets hard. Yeah. This is <laughs> yeah. a little bit more difficult. Right it gets here. a little muddied here. Yeah, definitely. Um, Big grouping. Yeah, I bet there's, it probably drops off to now you're down to four, three or four titles for these teams. Um, give me the Spurs. Do we have the Spurs, possibly? We do. Just needing one more answer for the win for the week. Wow. And no strikes. I'm surprised I got that one. This is impressive. Spurs, I think, that was a gimme, I think, because they had that run in the 90s and the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. I might not have gotten that one. I might have overthought it. Right. I don't think this is right, but I'm going to go Warriors. Do we have the Warriors that he doesn't think is right? <laughs> it is right. We do. <laughs> How about For that? For the win. Greg, picking up hmm. the victory. Wow. Well, on, had, on an NBA question, nonetheless, I like had, it. Had they won any before this run? They did with Rick Barry, didn't they, back I, in the 70s? They, they had to have. They had they're to at have. six. They, they're listed at six from what yeah. I got, so yes. I think they won it in the 1970s, Rick Barry, underhand free throws. All right. There How about that? Man, I should have got uh, the Ty Cobb thing. Dang it. Yeah. yeah, and to cap it off, Wade Boggs comes in at uh, 30th on all-time hits with 3,010. So he was 10 over 3,000. You were right about that. All right. So, Greg, you get the win on the week, a 4-2 victory, and now you lead Ben in the all-time series five games to three. Hmm. So, Ben, you've got some, some work to do. You're going to have to get some training in here in the offseason. I will say this, though. I'm adding up the, the totals right now, but – uh, so overall, Greg, you've won 24 rounds in Famous Dave's Face-Off to 20 by Ben, 24 to 20. And then correct answers overall. Ben, you actually lead this 76 to 74 wow. in correct answers given. So that category has been very tight all the way through. Ben, which question's going to gnaw at you? Well, I didn't get a shot at the I, – I wish I could have passed the mascot question to you. Mm. Because having all that time to think would have been good. Yep. Yeah. Um, True. 
And then, and then the, the other benefit to that is if you didn't get all of them, I, there was multiple I could have got. Right. Um, I don't know that I would have gotten Syracuse. That was one I didn't have yep, written down. That was tough. The other one, the other one that I didn't get the crack at, what was that? Was the question? I didn't. You ran it before I could even. It was an easy one. Oh, the Prince of Mucamara one. Yep. Mm. Yep. I didn't get yeah. a crack at that one. Sometimes well, you got. The, the first, the first one you got to run, that was fairly easy. Yeah, the Erstad yeah. one. Yeah, the Erstad. Sometimes teams. it's all about buzzing in first. If you can, <laughs> if you can get in, that's that'll be uh, the trick. Well, on Prince, I buzz way before you even done with the question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was. I haven't heard that. You can. That is fair. That's how. That's one of the rules. You can buzz in early. I like it. It's aggressive. All right, great stuff. So much of the sports world has been turned upside down, and that certainly affects events here in Nebraska as well. And one of those with certainly question marks coming up this summer as the Cornhusker State Games. And from the Nebraska Sports Council, their executive director, Dave Eric joins us now. Hey, Dave, thanks for giving us some time. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing fine, thank you. I hope the same for you. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's been rough for everybody. I think we're all kind of hoping to get some good news, some positive news, and get life going again. What What is the status of the games as we sit here on May the 13th? Well, the status is we're, we're on as scheduled and planning a whole lot of contingencies just in cases, various scenarios. So we're just like, a, well, just like every business and every organization and every family right now, we're waiting uh, for we're waiting for some progress. So, but as of right now, nothing has been canceled. What? Give me some. What are the dates for this year's event? The most of the competitions will be July seventeenth through the twenty sixth. We do have a few on the weekend before that, but most everything July seventeenth through the twenty sixth. And opening ceremonies night is Friday, July seventeenth. Have we? Can anybody still sign up, or have we passed all of the participation deadlines that you have every year? Oh no, uh, we're wide open. People can sign up, and we're encouraging folks to register. We do have, you know, the opportunity for people if their event is canceled to get a, a refund, or we can also use their entry fee toward next year's event or a future Nebraska Sports Council event. So. We and we actually we have we have about fourteen hundred people registered, which is a little behind normal. You know, this time of year, we're used to seeing. I think last year was about twenty eight hundred. So, I mean, people are still confident, and we're getting entries every day. But obviously, you know, there's a lot of just question marks right now. So, we, you know, we don't we're not surprised by the fact that entry's been slow. What we're hearing from a lot of folks when they call in and want to know if the games are still on is, all right, I hope you guys get mm-hmm. to do it, and we're going to be there. So a lot of people are kind of sitting on July as that time when they may be allowed to do something. And I, I think as, as, as big as the potential is for some events to get canceled or postponed or changed within the games is the possibility that if progress is made on the health side – and we see opening, you know, kind of continue to build, this could really be a big year. Dave, would you, there may be a difference between indoor events and outdoor events. If you were allowed to do, your, say, your outdoor events, can you see a, a case where you would go ahead and do those? Yes, indeed. We will do whatever event we're allowed to do. If there's only one sport we're allowed to do and only two people want to play, 
We're <laughs> going to put that event on. We we have a passion for the state games and competition and sports and family and doing things in a friendly way uh, to the point where we'll go we'll go down <laughs> we'll go down to every contingency before we cancel the event. And that includes, you know, maybe moving some events up, you know, up to a few months from now if if we have to postpone the event and the only time somebody can get it in is October. Don't be surprised if the games kind of extend and draw out over that long period of time. But right now, you know, there's nothing we have to move yet. It's just kind of a wait-and-see time. Yeah, I'm busy with Dave Eric, the executive director of the Nebraska Sports Council. He oversees the Cornhusker State Games. Any new events this year? Usually you're pretty creative and come up with a couple of different wrinkles each year. Anything this year for the folks to, to think about? You know, I wasn't even thinking in terms of of new events, so I I I don't remember. Um, Caught you off guard, I mean, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> you did. I've mostly been trying to work out uh, alternates to, to all this stuff, so I haven't really been thinking with my what's newsy cap on, so I apologize <laughs> for that. I know there are a couple, um, not full-fledged sports, but uh, sports within a sport. I just don't remember what they are right now. Very but good. one thing that's kind of a wrinkle that we just announced uh, last week is that we are conducting our torch run virtually, which the torch run has traditionally been done like the Olympic torch run. It starts at one of the other state borders and it crosses the whole state, informing and encouraging participation in the big event to come, the Cornhusker State Games. Well, we've decided not to take a crew out on the road and pass an item around from person to person and potentially contribute to the spreading of the virus. So what we've come up with is a virtual torch run. Anybody anywhere in Nebraska can sign up and run a mile in a safe location near their um, home. They can run more than a mile if they'd like, and it's free. And our goal is to get all 93 counties represented, where in the past you've had this physical route, and it's it's limited the participation in it to folks from those areas that are included on the route, but also just a limited number of miles. Well, now this thing is wide open. So anybody in Nebraska that wants to do something free, that you still get a shirt um, and you get into a daily drawing for a $25 gift card. And we have Nebraska Chiropractic Physicians Association as the sponsor of that event. And their folks are going to be out there promoting and helping distribute shirts in a safe way. But it's, it's pretty exciting and something new and different for us. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. That's a great new idea. Okay, for folks who maybe are on the fence, what do they want to enter? Uh, let's let's push them over the top. How, how can they do that? What's the easiest way for somebody to get get locked in for an event or two this, this summer? The best way is to go to CornhuskerStateGames.com, and you can also check out the Cornhusker State Games Facebook page, and we're on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere else too, but the website's CornhuskerStateGames.com. Fantastic. Dave, I'm a half glass, half full kind of guy. I think it's going to happen for you. I think by July we're going to turn a corner in this thing. I'm always positive thinking about this thing, and we certainly appreciate you coming on and giving us an update on the games. You're like me, Greg. You're a believer. we got to believe. <laughs> so we're, we're going to believe. We're going to get it done. Got to do it. Dave, thank you so much. Take care. Thank you, Greg.